1: Well, hello, Raw Feeders. I'm Dee mercer Moffat, CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business, and we're friends like my friend, Dr. Judy Jacek. Well, we don't let people feed kibble. You know, I wish we could just reach out and slap their little hands, Dr. Jacek. What say you? Yeah. We just put like a like a little electric wire on those bags of kibbles. So they can
0: zap. Anytime time we want to reach for it.
1: <laughs> I think that'd be hilarious if we could like wire somebody's you know, kibble bags up and they didn't know it
0: yeah. and just zap
1: them, keep zapping yeah. them every time they right. keep trying to go for that. <laughs> I That would be yeah, the... because they don't
0: learn. What? There needs don't... to be enough accountability or enough of a, yeah, a repercussion for the behavior to, for them to learn.
1: Yeah. And you know what, this has been going on for a long time because as you know, I've been doing hard 75 and so I've been reading a lot. I've been reading Feeding Dogs. I've been reading The Barf Diet. Uh, Give Your Dog a Bone from Billinghurst. He says the same thing we say. And he's been saying it for a long time. So what these books were written, you know, this one, let's see. This one was written back in uh 90s. <laughs> Give Your Dog a Bone was 93. And Grow Your Pups with Bones, 98. And he says the same thing about people with kibble. He's like people think that they need to add kibble in order for their dogs to have the vitamins and minerals they need. I mean, yeah. so this is not new, right? It's right. not new, but it sure is entrenched because we still hear the asinine thinking going on, right? Right. It's going to take right. a shock. We're going to have to put shock collars on people yeah. and uh, line them up, shock them every day.
0: Right. Well, people right. don't think don't understand the association between kibble and all these chronic diseases that they get so tired of, like itchy skin, our webinar that we're going to be doing tomorrow. Um, actually realize... tonight.
1: It's actually tonight.
0: Oh, it's actually tonight. Right. Yes, I'm, off, I'm off a day.
1: I hope, I hope that you're going to attend. <laughs> I'll, I'll show up. <laughs> it's on my calendar. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we are doing the itchy webinar with Dr. Jasek tonight. We have um, at least 150 people right now that are coming into the webinar because they have itchy pets. I mean, there is a problem out there with itchy pets. And Dr. Jacek is going to address that. This is a free webinar. We will not have a replay. You must be here uh, if you want to attend this free. Okay. If you do not have the link to sign up, send me an email at info at rawdogfoodandco.com and we'll get you signed up. This is going to be great, Dr. Jasic. And you're gonna even have uh, a handout tonight on on uh, some debunking some myths out there. You guys, if you have an itchy dog or you have a friend or a family member has, you gotta come. You gotta come. And the first thing, as you were saying, is get rid of the damn kibble,
0: right? Right? Because because what we're gonna drill into is what's at the root of itchy skin, and it's not food allergies. I mean, that's one thing. I hope I'm gonna be able to effectively convey is that there's a big difference between allergy and inflammation. And because that's what I hear. I heard it again, client last week, my dog's just allergic to protein. Can't eat protein. Like what? It doesn't even make any sense. Like I don't even know how to respond to that. That's so nonsensical. Your dog can't live without eating protein. So how can it be allergic to protein? So I think this is what the conventional vets say to get people to use these hydrolyzed protein diets, which She was because the dog was allergic to every other protein, but the issue then really is the gut is, is healing the, the leaky gut. It's not, um, it's not true allergies. So getting to the root of why a particular dog is itching is really tough. It's the toughest thing I deal with treating cancer is easier than treating itchy skin because it's a little more, it's, it's more life-threatening, obviously, but it's usually a little more straightforward where it came from itchy skin. It's, it's tough and it takes months to figure it out. It's, there's no, um, there's no quick fix. They, they, they didn't the get there change. quickly.
1: They didn't, they didn't get, get there, there quickly. quickly.
0: They didn't get there quickly. No, they've been poisoned for a long time than if they've been on the Apoquil and the Cytopoint and all of these other, um, all these other drugs, but you you have to, I think, I think the hardest thing for people to understand is that it, it's not that they're allergic to something in, in the food it's that the kibble is in infl- The kibble is the problem and you can't feed even just a little bit. You can't add in just a little bit of fresh food. You have to, if you don't completely eliminate the cause, you're still going to have the problem. So you can't feed just a little bit of kibble. You know, you, you've you got to get completely away from all the processed food and all the chemicals. I mean, health is so simple. We feed a fresh species appropriate diet and we stop poisoning them. Bada bada boom. All the vets are out of business.
1: Have you heard about all of these babies that are being born and they can only eat Doritos? What? I have not heard that. Well, I haven't either, but uh, this is, I was just making a point. (laughs) I mean, it's like, it's like, you know, That's what people say to us. My dog cannot eat protein. I'm like, what? Your dog is born to eat bag of donuts and cookies and Doritos and processed foods. Is that what you're telling me? That's about the equivalent of saying, yeah, my newborn baby can only eat Doritos. (laughs)
0: Because the Doritos are the same as the hydrolyzed protein. There is about they're about as nutritious as those hydrolyzed protein diets.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they make my babies really happy, so I just go ahead and feed them that, because I know they're starving, right? Right. I mean, it's just, you guys, if you could put it in sensical um, format, maybe it would snap you out of it. I literally told somebody the other day, snap out of it. Stop it. Because the question that they kept asking me, well, but my vet says... That my dog needs low protein. But my vet says that my dog can only eat this. But my, I said, listen, is your vet a raw feeding vet? Because it appears that your vet has allowed your dog to eat really toxic food for the last eight years. And your dog now has an ulcer. But now your vet's an expert in nutrition?
0: Right. I don't... if this vet's program was so good, why is this dog doing so poorly? Like, why, you know, if that's working so well for you, then
1: why isn't it keep, working?
0: Keep keep doing it. And you know, if 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 you know, people sometimes feel like we get a little frustrated and annoyed, well, we are. Yeah. Because we hear these same things. And the bottom line is for me, I see the pets suffering and I know it can be fixed, but I have to get through to the human first. And that's really frustrating because I know what the pets need. It's not hard to keep pets healthy. Just feed them the right diet and quit poisoning them. But it's, well, the veterinary profession is a big part of it because that's where people get confused. Um, they listen to their vet and veterinary medicine, you guys is becoming just more and more just incompetent. In, incompetent. Just be so careful. We you go into the vet question everything because they're really in, in common. I told you the story about the, the dog went in for a tumor removal and they removed, they
1: did surgery on the wrong part. What, 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 what happens? What, what did it, the, you, right? You don't know that yeah, I was so, speechless. <laughs> it took my breath away. Like what? <laughs> How did they come to know that they operated on the wrong damn side? Because the dog went home and the tumor
0: was still there. Oh my God. Now I can see, you know, and I've seen this happen and it's not, not good, but you know, um, you, you prep the wrong, like it's a joint surgery. You can't see anything externally. So you prep the wrong leg or something. And I've seen that happen. It's not good, but I could see that. Or sometimes right and left gets mislabeled on the x-ray, you know, something like that human error but this is a visible skin tumor i mean it's a mass. she sent me a picture of the tumor clear as day on the outside and they clipped and prepped the wrong end and i read the surgical report it said no visible sign of the tumor (laughs) or something like that because right because it wasn't there and then they told her originally they said this is mass cell we got to do the surgery This was before she worked with me. I don't actually recommend removing mast cells to begin with, but she was already had gone down this road. And um, so they told her it's a mast cell. And then they came back and said, good news, not a mast cell. It's a lipoma. Then they came back, just kidding. It's actually a mast cell. Like, (laughs)
1: and just kidding. It's not even really there. Whoops. and Yeah. But it was there. It was on the wrong side. Yeah. It was like, there's actually the same side of the body, just like too far up.
0: They clipped it and just removed And when you're removing a tumor, you know, you're looking, you know, you want to get certain margins and things like that. So how could a surgeon
1: do that when there's no tumor there? Was he drinking? Who knows? How horrible. What if you take your pet in and they're like, I'm sorry, I took the wrong leg. We're going to have to take the next leg. And now he's dragging himself. I mean, come on. This is, this is hot. This is horrible. It's it's gotten horrible.
0: It's gotten bad. Veterinary medicine has gotten really bad. They're just, um, I, I just, I can't understand the incompetence, but it's really there. I see pets misdiagnosed and, you know, treated incorrectly and ridiculous things like, oh, well, they're allergic to protein. Well, there's, I mean, and even to say that, like, well, these other foods, these horrible kibble diets, they got plants in them. They got plant protein. So they're still eating protein. I think what they're saying is they can't eat animal protein, which is interesting because that's what they want for us too. You know, we can't eat cows anymore because they fart too much, <laughs> and chickens have flu and all this stuff. So we're supposed to eat lab-grown meat and bugs. And they've just got the same kind of agenda for our pets.
1: Of course, of course, and you know, um, I was just I was just thinking about uh, all of this crazy stuff that. Is going on in the world and you know i uh we were at the stock show for like three weeks right uh the western stock show and we had tickets right on the rail so you know we're breathing in all of the dust we're breathing oh, in so, that's what
0: you are detoxing from probably. yeah
1: and thank you for using the correct word i say detox too but for some reason people say so so horrible you can't be a detox it's got to be this bacterial infection and blah, 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 blah. I mean, whatever. But I'm like, I think that um, we don't get that detoxing is painful, folks. If your body has poisons in it and it has toxins in it and it has all of these things that are trying to uh, take you down, right? Herbicides, pesticides, you know, EMFs, all this kind of stuff. Well, you think that it's not going to be painful coming out. It is very painful. It's been very painful, but my point was my mom said, well, you, you need to go to the doctor? I said, mom, do you realize two years ago, three years ago, if I would have gone to the doctor in the state that I was in this last week, which is why you guys, I didn't do podcasts last week. I could barely, you know, get my hard 75 in. And that was most important. Um, and I did it, but anyway, I said they probably would have put me in the hospital, not allowed anyone to see me, you know, basically kidnapped me because that's what it is. Put you there under your will um, and um, tested you, tested you for COVID, then shot you up, then incubated you and killed me. Because, I mean, I literally had that, you know, how when you breathe, you hear the crackling, the rails and stuff like that. Right. That's exactly. Insane. All that. Yeah, it was, uh, it was terrible, but all the stuff that, you know, they were saying you, you're going to die. You're going to kill grandma. Um, that, that I said, why would I go in? I'm not yeah. going to die. Right. I know how to make myself, uh, better. Right. And, and I didn't lay in bed the whole time I got, got outside, like I said, and I walked, breathed in fresh air. If there is any, is there any fresh air anymore, you think? <laughs> Very
0: little. Probably more, more here in, in Tennessee than in Denver, but yeah.
1: Well, and I'm up in the mountains, but still, um, I thought that frightened me so bad, Dr. J.C. The thought that you could end up dead because of bad protocol. And that's what we're talking about here, mm-hmm. bad protocol. And we saw that. That happened. Right. Clearly, where people were not allowed to see their loved ones, then they got, you know, that tube put down their throat and they
0: Yeah, totally. It could have and been it, me. Right. And but... and that was considered standard of care. They weren't even being like quote unquote, you know, negligent. That was the recommended protocol that came down. So yeah. What's going to stop something like that from happening in veterinary medicine? I I say it is happening because I see more and more incompetence and pets being harmed by treatments and being misdiagnosed. So you have to be really careful. You know, people used to ask me, well, people still ask me, because the answer is different now, you know, well, should I go in, you know, every so often for a wellness exam? And I usually say, yeah, every year, probably good, you know, get a hands-on, have them listen to your heart. And I'm like... No, I don't think I would, unless your pet's really, you know, sick or injured, where you know it definitively does need care. Because sometimes that happens. Sure. Um, don't take your healthy pet in there because it's probably going to come out less healthy, or with recommendations that are going to make it less healthy and scare you into doing diets that are not appropriate and doing vaccines and other pharmaceuticals. So don't go.
1: Don't go. And I, I would say that people haven't really investigated what's in kibble and why dogs um, are getting cancer, right? This is something that that you really look at all the time. You look at either one of these books (laughs) that I'm reading and if your body requires vitamins and minerals, And the body doesn't get those vitamins and minerals. The body will break down, folks. And and this is something that uh, there's a concept that there are vitamins and minerals that are of value in kibble. And when you read these books, you see how incredibly toxic it is. And yet, they're just filling those bowls up. filling those bowls up with the little poison and 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 the quite well i just want to give them a little how much poison will it be before your dog goes over the edge
0: how much right Right. if you're if you're you know kids addicted to cocaine would it be okay for them to have just a little Uh, probably not and maybe that's that may sound to some people like an extreme example. In my mind is the same thing because it's it's just as toxic. It's it's poison. And yeah. just a little bit like you said, a little bit of poison is just as bad as a lot of poison. And you know, the other thing to think about too is we live in a toxic world. We can't get away from all of them. Like you're mentioning the air. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's pollutants in the air, they're spraying stuff in the skies. I mean, God knows what we're breathing in. So your pet's going to be exposed to toxins. So having them on a species appropriate diet with the correct nutrients is going to help support their detoxification pathways so that at least the the toxins you don't have control over, their body is going to be able to eliminate them. Um, But if you're on a toxic diet and they're not getting good nutrients and that nice pretty label with all those nice lists of vitamins and minerals doesn't mean anything because they're all synthetic. You know, that's why people, I think get, get so worried about, you know, a raw blend like you guys have because it doesn't have all those nice nutrients and they're in there. They're just in the whole food form. The only way they can put that label on is if they have a measure down to the little IU, but they're all, they're all synthetic. They're just created in a lab. You have no idea how beneficial those are. And they're probably not. And you're really just giving your pet a bunch of chemicals, which is making them even more toxic. So you got to get away from all that stuff.
1: Right. I mean, does broccoli and lettuce, cauliflower, zucchini, squash, do all those have all of those little vitamins and minerals listed on them? No, they don't. So does that mean they're void of any benefit?
0: Right. That's a good point. You go to the go to the grocery store, buy broccoli or apple or an orange or something. You buy it because it's good for you, but it doesn't have that list of nutrients on. As actually I've heard that recommended by, you know, you know, nutritionists will say, you know, shop in the periphery, the grocery store where the fresh food is and don't buy things with a label. Because mm-hmm. if it's labeled, there, there's a whole bunch of chemical crap in there that yeah. they put in there Yeah. that you don't, that you don't want to be eating, but yeah, it's the same for pets. It's, it's, it's real food and it, another frustration, we have a new um, nurse working with us, Karen. And she's, she's helping me, you know, help people get started on the nutrition. Mm-hmm. And it's very frustrating. So we're working with a cancer patient, right? These are pets that have a history of medical issues, then um, toxic foods and toxic drugs and all this stuff. But as soon as they get a little soft stool, well, it's gotta be the raw, right? It's gotta be the raw or it's the mistletoe injections, which is what the piece we do. It's always one of the two. It can be that they were on chemotherapy for three months before we started working with them, or in the bodies trying to detox, you know couldn't be anything like that, so why? I mean, why is it that the this fresh whole food is the first thing that gets blamed i just don't I don't understand that mentality. I mean, I'd like to know why people actually think that because it i I don't understand it
1: I don't know, you know um I, I If you start listening to Dr. Paul Saladino, right? You start listening to Thomas Cowan, uh, Sam Bailey, Mark Bailey, um, Amanda Vollmer. All of these different people who are really revealing that a lot of what we think is just total hocus pocus and BS. Right? So I was listening to... Dr. Paul Saladino yesterday talked about high cholesterol, right, versus low cholesterol, and what we have been taught about that, which is wrong, mm-hmm. right? Um, that and, 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 and it's just amazing. so it's it's frightening to me because I wonder what kind of protocols are people still adhering to? from the medical profession, the human medical profession, that is really dangerous to them. You know, all these statins that people are taking and all of these different types of drugs. And I swear, there are so many pharmaceutical ads on TV. It's You can't do anything without a drug for this and a drug for that and add this drug to that drug and stack these drugs. And, and, and yet we have a sicker nation than we've ever had. But my point is so much of that stuff is wrong. And I think that they probably know it's wrong, but they're like, we can run with this for gosh, 20, 25 years, you know, Mm -hmm. we can, we can make a buttload. And that really is what the, um, what the focus is on not health. Who cares about health? No, they want to get
0: people. And I think it's the same, you know, veterinary medicine, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, human medicine sometimes, but it's all the same industry. And I think the principles apply. I just think it's, for some reason, it's harder for people to recognize it. People tend to just trust their vets more. People have become really suspicious of their human doctors. People need to be way more suspicious of of their veterinarians because they want to get you indoctrinated into the system. You know, the whole cholesterol thing. You know, we need cholesterol. That's why Hmm. I I think, you know, there's so many like hormonal issues in women and men, because cholesterol is like the backbone for uh, a lot of our hormones. And, you know, you keep telling, you know, telling, oh, low fat diet, low fat diet, you know, well, you're not and and keep going lower and lower and lower cholesterol. Well, that just really messes up your um your hormone hormone system they say I've heard it said that like menopausal women like ideally should have like a high cholesterol like out of what the normal range would be to have healthy hormones um you know going through that time in their life, and what are they told low fat low fat and then you know they're they're put on statin drugs to lower even more, which leads to a whole host of problems, so their goal yeah is not to get you healthy it's to get you into the system and one more one drug and then another drug to treat those side effects, another drug to treat those side effects. Same thing happens in veterinary medicine. You start vaccinating these poor puppies when they're just a few weeks old and put them on these crappy diets and then they start to itch. So then we're giving them Apoquil and and cytopoint and and then or other immunosuppressive type drugs. And then they're going to get sicker. Then they're going to have gut issues. And then by the time they're four or five, they'll have cancer. And so you're, you're, they're, um, constantly being, being treated for something. Pets should just be healthy. They should just have, you know, healthy, happy lives, not be spending all their time going, going in and out of the vet.
1: Yeah. You know, um, remember my brother had those puppies dropped off Mm -hmm. in their neighborhood. And they appeared to have what looked like um, um, Parvo. And then we come out with the all these reports from Purina ProPlan, from uh, Stella & Chewy's, from uh, Wellness, from all of these different companies that are out there that their dogs have these bloody diarrhea, vomiting, digestive problems. And there were... Over 400 reports. Now, Perina is still saying that's a rumor, right? Which Susan Thixton is like, look, there's a difference, guys. I don't know if you know this, between a rumor and a report and dogs dying, right? And nothing really has. It's a little bit weird because Dr. Morgan came out very hot and heavy about Perina needing to respond and they wanted to know what is going on or dr morgan's kind of group and now it's just sort of a little bit silent on dr morgan's side she got a lot of flack and uh, i don't know why people get flack when we're trying to save your pets but okay um but my point is this now i kind of look back and wonder if it it wasn't a parvo issue if it was actually something that those puppies had been mm. fed right yeah. and um but i but i will say this that you know the puppies were in the vet my brother kept this one puppy and um it 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 we did a big detox on this dog also gave it you know protect phytoplankton uh, went through the easy peasy because there were some really weird things that were looking like going on with the kidneys. And now this dog's beautiful. This dog is just looking amazing. Full raw diet. Everything is great. This dog uh popped back into life. He showed me the pictures the other day, just amazing dog. But you got to wonder if it wasn't, um, the food that these puppies had been eating and it never was parvo right so when 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 they're testing for parvo dr Jasek, or they're testing for uh distemper something like this do they really have a so-called virus that is distemper or parvo or is it again oh. a box that says this is what it is
0: you know for parvo and i took it i i bought a parvo test kit and i've been like testing things like see if i could get it to turn positive like Uh i tested max's poop and i tested like my blood you know because it's because you test because you test the poop so i'm like what's the hallmark of of um carvo is bloody diarrhea. So could it be picking up something in the blood? Cause supposedly it's just a little snap test, you know, like a little pregnancy test and you have some fluid in there and you, and you, you test the stool and you mix it with the fluid. And then you pour the fluid in this little device and there's a control dot that turns blue. And then there's a, uh, uh, or there's a test dot, you know, that one turns blue and then there's a control that should be negative And then if if it's, if the dog has parvo, then this other dot turns positive. So if, you know, viruses don't exist, which I've, I've come around to believe that, what are they testing for? What is testing positive? Is it something in the poop? I know a lot of parvo puppies also have parasites, like maybe there's something in the, in the parasites that they let off that, that they're testing for or, or something in the blood. Like, I don't know. I mean, that's a, Boy, I'd sure love to know the answer to that question. If parvo doesn't exist, virus doesn't exist, these puppies that there's no question that I've seen hundreds of these puppies that get this profuse, bloody, watery diarrhea and vomiting, and they test parvo or test positive for parvo. And, you know, a lot of them can't survive it, you know, with fluids and, and all that, but they're, they're really, really sick. But the yeah. but the thing is, we're treating the test really. I mean, you're, you know, you're treating the puppy. But if you said, okay, you didn't know anything about parvo, and you get this puppy that's got bloody watery diarrhea, vomiting, you think pup got into something, and then you give it supportive care, you do fluids, you do all the same things, you do the same supportive care, help the gut heal, and and keeping them hydrated is probably the most important thing. But because we have the test, we have parvo, like we have diseases because we have tests that say we have these diseases. But what if the diseases, I mean if the tests are not accurate, you
1: know? Well, so and and what if there's wonder. a genetic code? So, you know, as I listen to Dr. Cowan talk about how they come up with certain definitive diseases. He's like, you know, there's supposedly genetic code inside this and that and blah 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 and 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 he really um blows holes in so much of it that it it does make your head spin you're like well what are we treating then what is it and have we been naming things wrong all along because again if you cannot identify a virus right and i've listened to his his talks over and over and over again and I don't know if it's just my brain doesn't grab it all at one time. And, you know, there's a lot to parse out. So I have to listen to it over and over and over again. But what it comes down to is that there's just never, ever been an actual virus that you can take and give to a well dog and make him sick. Right. There's no, there's, there. So what the heck is it? And, you know, this whole thing about uh, cell death um, of EMFs, and we go back to the Spanish flu where they were, you know, laying down the telegraphs and we had a lot of these problems. Cell death is a real thing, right? If something, if we are electrical and animals are electrical and we all have this sort of electrical component, and yet there are things in the world that have come about that are disrupt disrupting that entire system. Um, then we're treating the wrong thing. <laughs> right. We're adding all of these different chemicals to our body. That's already in demise. Mm-hmm. It's freaky mm-hmm. to me. If the whole thing is, has got me a little, you know, whacked out, but you have to go down that road. It, it if you've done the experiments, which they have, they have 20 different doctors that have looked at this for four years, who have experimented, 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 and they can't find a damn virus. What the hell? What's going and
0: they, on? And, they, and they've, they've done this back, even back in the, like the 1800s, the Spanish flu. They tried, they took like from people that had these symptoms, they took the, the snot. And like, like, or or they would have the patients like cough, they'd ask for volunteers to come in and they'd have these patients cough on other people directly. And they would take their snot and put it like right in the other people's noses and stuff. They could not prove transmissibility. So if it's not transmissible, then it's a common exposure. It's just like, okay, you just got this respiratory stuff. Mm-hmm. You said you're at the stock show breathing a lot of dust. So if what if a lot of those. What if, say, thirty percent, all those people that had seats like yours, down there breathing all that dust, got the same thing? What would you say? Oh, it's been a virus going around. No, what if it's just everybody's breathing in dust, and your body had to clear some of that, some of that stuff out. You know, breathing in a little poop and stuff, little poop dust in there, and body had to. So it's common. I think scurvy is like one of the best examples. You know, yep. sailors out they were out on ships for months and months used to get sick they'd all get the same symptoms. So you could say, oh, must be something contagious going through the sailors. But as soon as they started feeding them citrus fruits, all the symptoms went away because they had a vitamin C deficiency. So that's another possibility that we look at is, is there a nutrient deficiency aside from some toxicity in the food? Is there a, a deficiency, some nutrient that you know these sick puppies are, are not getting? So then they can't, they're not able to stay healthy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's well and you think about how many cell phones right are you're in an yeah. arena yeah. there are so many cell phones there's a lot of EMFs right there's they do a big light show there's all different kind of electronics that are going on inside of this enclosed arena right so there's so many different factors and you can look at it in a family um, you know, we have friends that were there with us, and maybe the wife was not feeling well, and the husband was fine. if If you're that close to somebody, um and one person has a sickness, if you want to call it that, and one doesn't, I mean, that doesn't seem to make sense, but we've made sense out of it by saying this: Well, his immune system must really be strong, right? Mm-hmm. His immune system was really, really powerful, and, and we can just talk ourselves into nonsensical things, like my dog can't eat raw food. That's something that I hear, um, and they're, they're saying, well, I need to cook it. Well, why do you need to cook it? Well, because my dog can't eat raw. Why can't your dog eat raw? Because I keep cooking, <laughs> Right one of the things that Dr. Billinghurst says is, look, when you cook food, you are releasing flavors. No doubt about Mm -hmm. it. You're going to release flavors. But
0: the house smells good when you're cooking dinner.
1: Right. Right? He also says you are releasing carcinogens. You are destroying the nutritional value. So are you saying, pet parents, um, my dog does better on substandard non nutritional foods protein free foods too great yeah. so I, I just i i what what are you saying you're saying my baby does better on doritos right you you have to snap out of it and people want to meet people where they are i'm sorry i don't i don't mm-hmm. want to meet you where you are because We are in a critical situation, folks. We have dogs that are sick and dying every single day. They're getting sicker. It's okay. You just go right ahead and give that poison to your dog. It's okay. I don't want to hurt your feelings. I need to meet you where you are. I'm not meeting you where you are. This is like war. I mean, we're really,
0: you know, the world is in a very, very bad place. And the whole medical industry is just highly corrupt and profit driven. And it's literally the veterinary industry is literally murdering pets. I mean, it is that bad and nobody's going to save your pet except, except for you. And I think that oftentimes these dogs that can't eat raw is the people have a problem with it. And mm-hmm. so they'll take one little time where the dog, you know, I always have to dig in and ask like lots and lots of questions, like why they think that and, and, you know, what exactly happened and why they think their dog can't eat raw. But I think some people just have an issue with it for whatever reason, something inside them says it's not safe or, you know, they, their vet told them it's bad, especially if the dog has a medical condition oh, it was diagnosed with. Pancreatitis, so therefore can't eat raw, and this, that, and the other thing. So the people feel better if the dog is not eating raw. I doubt that the dog feels better if it's
1: not eating raw. Right, and uh, so it—it's it just I'm not I'm not into the um, let's just fix your kibble, let's just add an egg, let's just add a little bit of raw. No, if you're going to continue to feed poisons and toxins, substandard food, food that has rancid oils, uh, restaurant grease in it, all types of ridiculous stuff, I'm not going to meet you where you are. I'm not going to tell you that that's okay. Sorry.
0: I don't work with people that do chemotherapy anymore. I used to because I kept thinking, well, maybe... I could still help support the pet, and maybe I can still help, but I just can't and it's because I just feel so bad for the pets. I just can't watch pets get poisoned, and then what gets blamed you know when the pet doesn't do well are you know my diet recommendations or my treatments, you know it's never the chemotherapy's fault for the dog for the dog getting sick, and I just can't stand watching pets get poisoned like that, and then the stuff that I recommend what what good is it going to do, you can't fix poison. You have to stop poisoning them. So I, I just, I just can't do it anymore. And it, it's, you know, it's, as you know, it gets really stressful because we care about the pets and we want to help the pets, but then we have to navigate a profession that is killing the pets. And, you know, the pet parents that are kind of stuck somewhere in the middle. And, uh, you know, I just have to decide who I'm going to work with For my own sanity, really.
1: Well, you know why was? Well, first of all, the raw diet is not a fad. Okay, dogs have been eating this way for millions of years.
0: Before there was kibble, actually, they were eating raw.
1: Correct. (laughs) So let's get our terminology right. Kibble is a fad. Yeah, it should be uh, destroyed. Totally Mm -hmm. should be destroyed, but it's a fad. It's only been around what 80 years, and that's when we started seeing all of these problems. Um, but it's just the what people think is wrong. Like, for instance, people believe that their dogs can't eat bones, there's such a fear around bones, and one of the things that is very apparent in the books that I'm reading from Billinghurst and Brady. You want a complete, you want a complete diet? Raw, meaty bones. Raw, meaty bones are a complete diet. The vitamins, the minerals, the um, calcium, the phosphorus, everything that goes um, into your dog's mouth from a raw, meaty bone is everything that they need and yet people are totally afraid of bones and i would say you know you want to make sure that at least once in the week right once one time a week your dog is getting a raw meaty bone like those raw beef neck bones that we have you look at those raw beef neck bones It has a substantial amount of beef and then it's a nice size bone and the dogs will crunch on that. They will consume that because people are constantly, how do I get a complete and balanced diet? Well, if I tell you, you're going to scream, no, can't feed my dog's bones. They're going to choke on them. Those bones are going to rip their insides and rip their anus. Well, I'm here to tell you guys, I don't see that happening. Now, there's a big difference between something you've conjured up in your mind and you're worried about because bones look scary in really having evidence to support that. Yeah. Or cooked bones,
0: you know, like, you know, you know, like the case where there's you know cooked chicken that's been sitting in the garbage can for three days and your yeah. dog gets into it those bones are dried and gross Well, we don't recommend cooking bone no. but if they're raw they're naturally they're they're naturally pliable they're not gonna you know be a problem and you know what sometimes your dog might vomit up a piece of bone so what so vomiting this is what vomiting's for there's a piece in there that you know, isn't passing through and it's irritating the stomach. So there it just, goes. They just get rid of that. That's, that's what, that's what vomiting is for, you know, that's or the difference of that stuff.
1: Yeah. Or even if there's, you know, a piece of bone in the poop. Okay. Yeah. Did it, did it rip your dog's anus? No. Why? It's surrounded by crap. Right right and it's going to it's going to break down the enzymes and
0: everything in the stomach are going to are going to break it down it's you know that's yeah it's okay it's okay for them to poop out bone that's what they're that's what you know their systems are designed to handle this stuff you know i think and i do think the veterinary profession is just a lot of it is the root of this because it is what people hear from their vets but you know what you got to make up your own mind And if something doesn't sound right to you, then you've got to decide what you feel is right for your pet. And, you know, we support you in that, um, 100%, but I don't work with people that only do it halfway. It's, it's all the way. I mean, you know, that's, that's the way I live. That's the way I feed my own pets. And I only want to work with people that have that same philosophy. I I agree with you. I don't meet people where they're at because it's the pets that suffer. The People might feel better, but it's the pets that are ultimately going to suffer.
1: Right, right. So I would say if you're not um, fully educated about how dogs, wolves have lived in the wild, get educated. This is the way that your dog needs to eat. If you want optimal health, Right? They can't go out and hunt on their own, but you can feed a variety. What is variety, guys? Well, goodness, beef, chicken, duck, turkey, lamb, pork, fish, right? There are many different things. Add an egg, put some whole food supplements in there, um, make sure that they're getting a raw meaty bone at least once a week. They're, your dog will be so healthy. I don't, I don't get this. I'm so worried. I've got to check everything out. Um, I've got to make sure that every little duck is out there, you know, in its, in its dust bath before I make this switch over to a raw diet. So I'm just going to go ahead and keep feeding my poison. Right. You know, I need to finish up my poison, my bag of poison, my bag of chemicals, my bag of crap. I need to check out and make sure it's all safe. Lordy. Somebody. Somebody. Yeah. I mean, it, it would be impossible, you know, to to
0: produce, I think, you know, 100% certified organic, you know, pet foods. It would just be because that certification is so expensive for the producers. It, the price would be astronomical, nobody would be able to afford it. So yeah, sourcing is important, but to Pick that apart and say, well, I don't know exactly where, you know, every blade of grass came from that this cow ate. So therefore I'm just going to continue feeding kibble that we know is toxic. Yeah. It that doesn't make any that's totally throwing the baby out with the bathwater.
1: Right. I, I said to somebody yesterday, look, it doesn't you need to, your dog is in a in a in a declining health. Your dog is in declining health. Get off the kibble. I, I, you know, people, people might think that that we're being hard asses and they're right. You would be correct. Um, I think after this many years, after the body of evidence that we have, and again, I understand it because people only have that dog that's right in front of them. That's their whole world as it should be. But what you don't see is the tens of thousands of dogs that we see every single year. You don't have that, Luxury or that disadvantage, you know sometimes I think it's very depressing what we see but i but it's why we do what we do, but this is there's a it's sort of like you know you're seeing what's right in front of you, we're sitting up high seeing all of these dogs that we have come to us consistently because they are ill, right. and they're ill because they're not getting the nutrients, they're not getting the vitamins. The dogs may be fine for the first five years and then they're not.
0: Yeah, it all, it all builds up. And then, you know, the environmental stuff and the EMF and all of that, it, it adds up to where, you know, they just get to the point where their body cannot detox anymore.
1: Right, right. And then there may not be any coming back, but if you have a dog that is not doing well, can't figure it out. They've been on tons of meds, gone through tons of tests. You want to work with Dr. Jasek. Let her take a look. Um, you know, that is something that they are experts at, that they've been looking at pet health outside of the box because they got tired of seeing dead and dying dogs in the traditional right.
0: way, right? Right. It's not hard to see, you know, like as a veterinarian early on my career, you we know, all this stuff and all this stuff I learned and all the, you know, things I was taught and how I should treat pets and they keep getting sicker. Like, so don't we need to be looking at maybe we need to do something different? That's how I looked at it. But unfortunately, most of the most of the profession didn't. Um, so I would use the veterinary profession for true emergencies. You know, your pet is sick or hurt. I mean, like really sick. Like if you run in for every little soft stool and they're just gonna be put on antibiotics over and over and over again, and then your dog's gonna get more and more and more soft stool because the antibiotics are trashing its gut. That's not a good path to go down. We actually have on our website, on our resources page, there's a, um, there's a home treatments handout that I have that helps people know Okay, if it's these signs, yep, probably go to the ER. These signs, you could try these uh, little home remedies. And that's just free for anybody. So I can help you discern, hey, do I really need to take my pet in? Or, you know, can I try some simple things at home? So you have to do that. You have to be a little brave. It's easier to just, you know, let somebody else take the reins and tell you what to do with your pet. But, you know, you're also giving your power away and you're making your pet... A lot sicker in doing that. So, you know, get, get stocked up on some, go read our sheet, get stocked up on some of these simple remedies, some slippery elm and some marshmallow root for those little weekend tummy aches. And, um, you know, I bet, I bet the majority of the time people could treat their pets at home, you know, just, you know, fast them for a day if they got a GI issue. You know, unless, and there are signs on there that, you know, if there's a foreign body or blockage or something like that, that is serious, it is truly surgical. Those are really severe symptoms. And I list those on there. So you'll know, you can discern the difference. But most of those little, you know, Saturday night tummy aches, you can treat very well at home. And then your pet is not subject to all these additional toxins and medications.
1: Well, come to our itchy pet webinar tonight at uh, 6.30 Mountain Time, and you are giving away a great uh, piece in this webinar. You're giving uh, debunking five common myths in the veterinary medicine, Um, so this is going to be good. This is something that um, our pet parents are gonna get to walk away with tonight, as well as understanding why your dog is itching. Do they really have allergies? Is it inflammation? What's contributing that you may not realize? What can you do now to keep your dog from getting cancer uh, in the future? And you know, we've done the cancer webinar. We're going to continue to do these kind of educational pieces. We hope that you join us. Our goal is to educate you, help you get confident so that you don't make bad decisions out of fear. Okay. Mm -hmm. You can really make some bad decisions in your dog's uh, nutritional content out of fear. And so once you alleviate those fears, once you really understand what is this thing in front of me called a canine, (laughs) what, what, I mean, how, how, how do they digest food? How do they eat? How do those teeth work, right? How do they swallow an entire fish? Or a bone without dying
0: <laughs> I mean, right. they're right? different than, they're different than humans. I mean, besides the obvious, yeah they wear fur and everything, but their digestive tract is different. They're designed to eat that way. We're, we are supposed to chew our food well because our digestion starts in our mouth and we're supposed to chew our food and grind our food up better. Dogs can just wolf it down, swallow it down. Then they go take a nap and let their digestive tract. That's what they had to do in the wild. They had to eat the deer before the grizzly bear came came along. You know, it's a survival mechanism. They're fully adept at doing that and adapted to doing that. So it's it, not it's not a problem. It's just people. I think it's it's anthropomorphizing. They think dogs should be like humans in dog suits. And not. You
1: enjoy your food. You stare and you. You chew your food. I can't, yeah. Mama. Don't have a hinged jaw. Well, I don't <laughs> care. You do it anyway because it makes me feel better. That's right. You know, I mean, it's just, I, I literally. So somebody was telling me that they they were worried about bacteria in the raw. I said, Sir, does your dog lick its butt? He said, No. Oh. He said, now my dog, my dog's very unique. (laughs) He won't even pick up its toys if it's gotten in the dirt. (laughs) That's funny. I was (laughs) like, so your dog doesn't clean himself. Is Is that what you're saying? Yeah, my dog doesn't clean himself. Maybe he licks his dog's butt. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I did not want to know that. You see, I did not, I did not go there because these are things that keep me up at night. <laughs> night.
0: <laughs> wow, well, that's crazy. I want to eat a toy with, with the dirt on it. Mm.
1: Yeah, I was like, Okie doke. But uh, but anyway, all right, everybody. So get over to um uh, AHA vet.com. You have any medical issues at all? Go see Dr. Judy's team. They are going to help you. They're going to help you with the diet. They're going to help you figure this out. Okay, they're going to put your dog on the right track. Make sure that you join our webinar tonight, six thirty. If you don't have the link, if you're not on our email list, email me. I will get you the link. You need to register to get in there, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna have a great time uh, tonight.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be fun.
1: Yeah, it's going to be fun. Get over to rawdogfoodandcompany.com. You guys get your dog off of the chemicals, because that's what it is, chemicals and subnutrition. Uh Get over to rawdogfoodandcompany.com, where your pet's health is our business, and we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. I'll see you tonight, Dr. Jacek. All right.
0: Sounds good. I'll be All right. there. All right. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Oh, snap. Oh, snap.